Hey, welcome to the Monkey House Primates. So, thanks so much. I've asked around here to quickly uh, let you all know that we're in Sydney. We're about to be in Brisbane. So uh, very quick stop in Sydney. We're just here for a few nights. So come and see us. And then what are we doing? We're going up to Brisbane. We're going to do a Who Knew It with Matt Stewart at Good Chat. And we're also doing a couple of Dryer Dryers, our comedy festival show. It's the last run of the whole tour. So come on down, Brisbane. That's right. And in Sydney, we're at the Manning Bar and at the Chippo for the Who Knew It. Really pumped up. Hopefully see you all there. Uh, now on with the show. Ook, ook. What is that what the monkey say? Yeah, ooga cha cha. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Primates, the podcast where we explore primates in popular culture from chimpanzee all the way down to chimpanzee. I'm your host, Matt Stewart, and this week joining me in the monkey house, it's comedian and returning guest from last week, Serenjai Amana. Hello, thanks for having me. Good to be back. You know, I've, I've said your name wrong for a long time. I've always said Jayamana, but it's Jayamana. Jayamana, correct, yeah. And uh, that's why you might Let's have heard... not confuse the listeners <laughs> right now, though, by <laughs> <No>. <laughs> adding some variables. <laughs> it was midway through your name then. I'm like, oh, now I've known this for a year or something, <laughs> and I'm still, every time, only on, on mic. Yes. Like, if I'm announcing it a stage or on a, a podcast, am I like, shit. Yeah, and I'll be, I'll true. Be, but also, you really said saying, the J already. <laughs> you're really saying my full name. In, in off mic, no, you know off, what I off mean? mic. That's right. So that's why you're not feeling stressed off mic. That's true too. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> I don't think it's stage fright. <laughs> um, well, but uh, no. To, if to put you at ease, uh, probably I reckon the first 15, 16 years of my life, I was saying Jay Amana. Okay, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that does make me feel a little bit better. Uh, so this week, Seren, um, you're returning as a, really as a follow-up to last week's episode. We're going to do an episode that I think we're going to call Weird Monkey News, a Weird Monkey Stories 6. Great. So I'm is- happy to be here. I will point out to the listeners the reason that we're recording this is because you're still at my house. <laughs> I'm still in Sydney, still it, at your house. I, yeah, it's close to outstaying the welcome. Okay. Close. Well, I'll, maybe I'll... <laughs> it's okay. I'm about to go uh, move into a different house with some other people. So perfect perfect I'm, timing. I'm going to become a burden on other people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I just had a lot of fun last week talking about weird monkey stories with you, even though my story wasn't even a monkey story. We're talking monkey in the broader sense. Yeah. You know, like how people used to say... It was a monkey say, story because that robot went in to, to sort of... But they were gorillas, apes. Oh, oh, that's what you mean. Yeah. I thought you were talking about how the story was about a robot. (laughs) As an amateur primatologist, um, it really makes, it gets my goat um, when people 
you know, think apes and monkeys and vice versa, or just use monkey as a generic term, but I know I am doing that <laughs> with this episode. Um, but I think I'm allowed to because I'm an amateur primatologist. Um, how, how have you been? What have you been up to last week? A few gigs and whatnot? Yeah, a few gigs uh, and whatnot. Um, we're, uh, the fringe shows that we were participating in, all done and dusted. How good fun. They're very fun. Didn't you have a gig? Because you used to be an accountant. Didn't you have an... Oh. I haven't caught up with you about this yet. <laughs> no. But you did, did you do a gig for an accounting agency or something? It was uh, a big the big tech company that makes software for accountants. It was a conference on this zero? week. Yeah, zero. It was zero. Yeah, yeah. Bloody hell. There They're big. They're huge. They, they weren't who I was hired by but they run this big you're hired by my ob <laughs> you know so much about it rival accounting softwares <laughs> well, I do. well firstly I, I did accounting in high school yeah and also um i've run a few small businesses okay so can you name a third one yeah what's the the other one the, one, the other one's the one we actually learned start to the q quickbooks yeah that's what we good. did in high you, school yeah you're very good you're an amateur primatologist, but a, definitely a professional uh, accounting software special. Uh, Noah. Noah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Expert. Um, so, yes, this gig. So, Zero run this big conference. And before the night before the big conference, they are this other like company that makes some sort of. They're an app, basically. And all these other apps are like on the satellite of Zero. They try to get involved in the conference, and so they throw these other parties for people who are going to the conference because they want to advertise oh, their app. That as well. sounds a bit like a nightmare as well, a, of a gig. It, I'll tell you, it it they build it as the Coachella of accounting. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, I think I'd probably just go to Coachella. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. But, but yeah, it's fun. Accountants it. go go wild, man. That's the only. The, oh, there right. were fifteen hundred people there. I performed clock off. this gig and um, 12, 12, 12 to thirteen people were sort of uh, watching, <laughs> and they enjoyed it. I spoke to everyone that watched, and they seemed to really enjoy it. But there were fourteen hundred people who were just lapping up the free drinks. Yeah. So, okay. Oh wow. That yeah. That doesn't sound like a lot of fun. But um, enough fun. But are you, that's the trick with these gigs because you... Sorry, that's making... You, I imagine you would have got paid um, some sweet accounting dollars though, right? Uh, yeah, I don't like to talk about those kinds of things, Matt. As an accountant. <laughs> it's sort of like client privilege or whatever. I got a free subscription to QuickBooks so that I could keep track of the, the fee. Um. <laughs> that's, that's how big it is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I, um, uh, yeah, it was good, but it, the gig itself was fine. It's just, it's, those things are always a bit tricky cause it's like you, the people have booked you, um, quick booked you. <laughs> yeah. They're in, they're in this sort of frame of mind where they're like, you know, this is, uh, maybe we made a mistake and you want them to know that it's not cause you, the mistake was not booking you. The mistake was having comedy in the first place. Yeah. 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 So then you're trying to go, get a bit of their sympathy and they're like, yeah. They're yeah. Like, cause it, it's funny that, yeah, it's anyone here, unless it's someone that everyone maybe in the room knew and was excited about, but how, what well, are the so, Matt, so at the Coachella for <laughs> accounting, the zero conference that's on, um, after this party, that's Matt, Matt O'Kine is hosting that. 
Right. So Zero obviously have the the big bucks. Yeah. And they're giving it to Matt O'Kine. But that's also like a sit down thing. That's a proper conference. Yes. So, that so I it's could more of a that. captive audience. I would do that. I would, yeah. Yeah. That'd be I'd like shooting fish in a barrel. Right. For me, as a former accountant, yeah. even I would go as far as to say you could do it with all your extensive knowledge <laughs> from of accounting stuff. My VCE accounting yeah. memories. People definitely think they've tuned into the wrong podcast. <laughs> <I think. laughs> yeah, this is prime mates, not uh, prime number mates, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, so that's not bad. You you used to do a lot of puns on stage. What would what would your uh, you sh- surely you could do some better than Coachella for accounting? Surely there's just like a some sort of portmanteau or something you could do there. Count Cella or something count, like that. Count, yeah, Count Cella was one that um, occurred to me. I didn't sort of, I didn't go too down the puns too much. Oh, well, I was like uh, at the main stage, you go to see, uh, oh, John Ledger, more like General Ledger. I just had a few <laughs> things like that. Do a leaper, more like double entry. But that doesn't really work. <laughs> so, I didn't use that. But, right. um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think the the accounting thing was fun. It's fun because accountants don't often let their hair down. And so, when they do, they go hog wild. And I was sort of riffing on the idea that, like, how unsuspecting all of their partners would be. They'd be like, oh, they'd tell their partners, oh, I've just got to spend two days at this accounting conference. And you wouldn't be suspicious or sort of threatened at all. Yeah. But you've really been lulled into a false sense of security there because these guys are rooting. They're rooting? They're, they're square rooting during the day and they're rooting Bloody squares <laughs> in the evening. You are right, Pete. I think we've we've forgotten we're not on our uh, other podcast, Balancing the Books with Matt <laughs> Saran. Um, that's, that's not what we're here to record today. We should do some more episodes of Balancing the Book sometime. We should. <laughs> but, but today we're here to do an episode of Primates. Balance Mates. That's episode 130, I believe. Uh, oh, congratulations. Yeah, it's a, big, the milestone. it's a big number there. So, we've each brought in a story. I've, last week I had three options. You picked one of the three. So, you've now got two options left to choose from. Okay. Uh, and you've brought a story in as well. I've got a story. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, let's go. Let's start, let's lead with you. Or do you want to hear about how a quirk of primate evolution gave humans the voice that apes lack? Or do you want to hear Tinder for apes to help find mates for breeding? Okay. Uh, I think that first one sounds pretty interesting. All right, let's go with that. Yeah, I think so too. I haven't read it, but we'll find out. So this is a story written by... <laughs> Where do they write? The, where's the byline on this? What's going on? What's well, in the Guardian? Oh. Oh, I forget. You don't oh, like the Guardian. <laughs> Maybe we should do the other story then. Oh, no. Okay, no. This is the Guardian's a publisher, but it's a Reuters story. Okay. <laughs> and you... I know you as an accountant love Reuters. <laughs> to Americans, if they, if you don't, rooting is, is boning. <laughs> they don't know that. No, they rooting over there is barracking. Okay, and to Americans here, boning is firing. Oh, yeah, in Australia, if you're you, boned... If you're you, boned, it means you've been fired. Yeah, there was that whole 12th Man um, album called Bone. Yes. About Eddie McGuire being boned. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there was a big controversy here when a female news presenter got boned. That's right. Um, yeah, that's right. That was, that was where Eddie McGuire was... 
involved. Correct. Yeah. So I think that. Yeah. Anyway, the twelfth man one was about. I think Richie Benno. And if you're American, Eddie McGuire. (laughs) (laughs) He was our host of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. So he's our version of I don't know who hosts. Yeah, uh, I get Regis Philbin. I was going to say Regis as well. (laughs) 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 Um, Only Eddie is still alive. But all right. So here is an article called How Quirk of Primate Evolution Gave Humans the Voice Apes Lack. You know, we've come off such a long break and I feel like this is the episode that's going to put us back on another (laughs) primate's hiatus. 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 All right. So, uh, let me begin. Scientists have identified evolutionary modifications in the voice box distinguishing people from other primates that may underpin a capability indispensable to humankind, speaking. Researchers said on Thursday, this is, when was the date of this? Oh, this is only... This I is, don't know why you just answered the phone in the middle of that. <laughs> did I? <laughs> yeah. You read out a sentence and then you were like, speaking. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because it was written. There was a capability indispensable to humankind, colon, speaking. Oh, okay. Humankind speaking. <laughs> I think I'll feel this one for humankind. <laughs> the most confident guy in the world. Yeah, I'll take this one. Um, humankind speaking. So this, uh, this article is pretty recent. It was from August 2022. Um, so researchers said on Thursday, this is in August 2022, that an examination of the voice box or larynx in 43 species of primates show that humans differ from apes and monkeys in lacking an anatomical structure called vocal membrane, uh, small ribbon-like extensions of the vocal cords. That's what the vocal membrane is. Insane in the vocal membrane. That never made sense, did it? Insane in the membrane, insane in the brain. That Cypress Hill song? Yeah. I mean, mean, unless you're saying it's like you're deep within him, he is insane. Not just in the brain, but yeah. every fibre of his being. I never really... I don't... I couldn't say I know what a membrane is, to be honest. Well, a vocal membrane is a small ribbon-like extension <laughs> of the vocal cords. Okay. Uh, humans also lack, also lack balloon-like laryngeal structures called air sacs that may help some apes and monkeys produce loud and resonant calls and avoid hyperventilating, they found. Oh, yeah, right. I wonder if that's like the gibbons have that, or the howler monkeys have that great big. Yes, thing. I wonder if they because of their big air sacs. Yeah, they use that balloon-like laryngeal structure. <laughs> uh, the loss of these tissues, according to the researchers, resulted in a stable vocal source in humans that was critical to the evolution of speech. Are you sure this is not a Guardian article? <laughs> is it sounding a bit Guardian to you? <laughs> It's incredibly boring. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking it's it's very dry, that's for sure. Very technical. So if you could um, just somehow, you know, that's why you're here to add yes, a little bit of colour. true. I should be adding flair. Yes. Um, so this simplification of the larynx enabled humans to have excellent pitch control with long and stable speech sounds, they said. And here's a quote uh, from primatologist Takeshi Nishimura of Kyoto University Center for the Evolutionary Origins of Human Behavior in Japan. Wow, that's a long... <laughs> Imagine I have to say that every, every time. Show. Where do you work? 
I work at a Kyoto University Center for the Evolutionary Origins of Human Behavior in Japan. Uh, and Takeshi, you probably don't have to say that in Japan. In Japan, yeah. because you're probably in Japan yeah. at the time. <laughs> uh, so, Takeshi Nishimura. Finding efficiencies already. Here. Yeah, well yeah. done. Yeah. Uh, he, he was the lead author, or they were the lead author. Um, we argue that the more complicated vocal structures in non-human primates can make it difficult to control vibrations with precision. So they, that's why they, they can growl. They can make big oh. sounds, but they can't. I don't, I don't know if, if they haven't seen, <laughs> I haven't seen uh, the, uh, the new Planet of the Apes movies in the first one where um, uh, Caesar... Caesar, Caesar's, yeah. Caesar's, Learns how to say, no, <laughs> no, like that. So, yeah, that's that's quite that's we're watching evolution unfold there. Yeah, so yeah. that evolved like within you know, in moments just because from a spray can. Until r- this article, I'd always thought that that moment was him learning something, but he didn't have the capability to no. do it. He, it wasn't, it wasn't a lack of like, uh. Yeah, knowledge, knowing how to do something. No. It was, he's in that moment, he's growing he, a... He didn't have the tools for he it. He didn't have the tools. Yeah, but now somehow, yeah, the balloon-like <laughs> laryngeal, laryngeal structure is that's, developing. That changed into, you know... Uh, undeveloping. Under, or, oh, yeah. And then... Or sideways developing. Being replaced by... Yeah, who's to say we're more advanced? I'm certainly not saying that. No. I, in a lot of ways, I think humans are the most dangerous animals on this planet. Well, you know why? Because we don't have airbags in our throats. That's true. So whenever we bump, that's why we're bumping into things where it's dangerous. Yeah, you know, in those um, like action movies where there's a fight scene and one of them will do sort of like a a push to the throat. That wouldn't work on a gorilla. If you had an airbag, <laughs> they've got an yeah. inbuilt airbag in their throat. Jackie Chan's, uh, oh no, Bruce Lee, sorry, is racking up a lot less victims. Yeah. One inch punching your throat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, try and do that to a gorilla, mate. Then let's see who's laughing. <laughs> Obviously, a famous laugher. And probably not. you're not able to laugh, I think, once the airbags are initiated. Oh, that's true. It might restrict you'll, some you'll, of the- You'll still... Yeah, that's true. So maybe it would still work. You know, it's like an airbag goes off. It doesn't mean you can still drive the same. No. So the gorillas, maybe they wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt them, but... That they also aren't able to keep fighting. Yeah, they've got to sort of take a bit of time out, go to the mechanic, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you know? It's quite costly as well <laughs> to have those airbags put back yeah. in. Yeah, so it's more a financial burden that yeah. you're imposing on so, someone. You know, just before you just go frivolously. I prefer that. If I'd like to think that Bruce Lee isn't killing people, he's just putting putting out their just airbags, give, putting a bit of strain on their. Yeah. Hip pocket. <laughs> throat pocket, <laughs> which is another word for that balloon for in the throat. Um, <laughs> where were we? Uh, okay. Oh, this is a quote from an evolutionary biologist and study co-author, W. Tech Umsch, say, Fitch from the University of Vienna. Uh, and W. said... Vocal membranes allow other primates to make louder, higher-pitched calls than humans, but they make voice breaks and noisy vocal irregularity more common. Have I already said that? 
This is so dry that I don't know which bits I've said already. It all sounds like they've, every paragraph seems like a new version of the same paragraph. <laughs> yeah, so I told you not to read a Guardian article. <laughs> you did. You warned me. Uh, the larynx, a hollow tube in the throat that is connected to the top of the windpipe and contains the vocal cords, is used for talking, breathing, and swallowing. Uh, the larynx is the organ of voice which creates the signal we use to sing and speak. It really is going, they've stretched out Imagine a if couple this, of details. Imagine if you were, if you had volunteered to speak on behalf of humankind, <laughs> humankind speaking, and then this is, you're making it, this is a terrible representation of humankind. <laughs> yeah, who's calling? Who's calling one to speak humankind? And who's still on the phone yeah. after this? I think, I think monkeys, if they're on the other end of the line, they're pretty happy they can't talk. No. <laughs> And they're pretty upset that they can't listen. The airbags, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> they hung up moment, um, minutes ago. Humans are primates, as are monkeys and apes. Oh my god, they're padding. They've got a word count they need to hear. Yep. Yes, everyone who's reading this knows that monkeys and apes are primates. <laughs> uh, the evolutionary lineage that led to our species, Homo sapiens, split from the split from the one that led to our closest really living relatives, chimpanzees. Roughly six to seven million years ago, with the laryngeal changes occurring sometime after that, there are going to be genuine scientists and primatologists listening who are hating every time I say laryngeal because that's probably not how, how you say that. <laughs> no. And they're probably not even sure what word it's meant to be. <laughs> yeah, <this. laughs> uh, only living species were included in the study because these soft tissues are not apt to be preserved in fossils. This also make, uh, means... It is unclear when the changes took place. Man, that reminds me of... Do you remember that video from years ago when they um, took the the mummified vocal cords or whatever of... Uh, maybe it was Tut, King Tut or oh, something. Yeah. And then turned it into like a horn so they could make the sound. Do you remember that? No. And it was like... <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> I love scientists talking very seriously about a super silly thing like that. Because they would have had the idea and they would have been like, this could be revolutionary if we do this. And they would have told all these people before that they'd done it. They've locked it in now. I guess we better follow through. (laughs) The meeting before the press conference where they've realised what the result is. And Jason, are we still... Do we still have to do this? Do we still have to go out? Listen to it. Oh, let, let's see if I can find that clip just for the, um, <laughs> just for the, for the listeners. Um, I think most of them would have heard it probably, but for those who haven't, let's see if we can get it here. All right. Um. Oh no, it's going to be a, it's one of those ones. This is one example of where you could do some editing. (laughs) I stick very firm on that. (laughs) Oh no, I don't think this is even, I want, I want that video of of the scientists blowing the mummy horn. If you know what I mean. Hello, this is Google. This is humankind speaking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, here we go. This is it. 14 second video. This sounds right. Let's see. Scientists were able to mimic Nessie Amun's voice by recreating his mouth and vocal cords with a 3D printer. It allowed them to produce a single sound. 
It's a single sound. <laughs> to produce a single sound. <laughs> I hope the mic picked that up. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that guy was king. Yeah. yeah. Yes, he was. Um, <laughs> back to the uh, really exciting article. We're, near, we're, to- we're getting towards the end of it, but I don't think it gets any more exciting. Uh, I really should have read it before <laughs> we recorded this. I know you've got a you've got a more fun article to read, though. Hopefully. Uh, Fitch said it was possible that the laryngeal simplification arose in a human forerunner called Australopithecus, which combined ape-like and human-like traits and first appeared in Africa roughly 3.85 million years ago, or later in our genus Homo, which first appeared in Africa about 2.4 million years ago. Homo sapiens originated more than 300,000 years ago in Africa. The researchers studied laryngeal anatomy in apes including chimpanzees, gorillas, orangutans, and gibbons, as well as old-world monkeys, including macaques, genons. I've never <laughs> heard of them. G-U-E-N-O-N-S. This is why I'm not a professional primatologist. G-U. G-U. Can you look these guys up, see what, yeah, see what they're all about? It's G-U-E-N-O-N-S. Uh, as well as baboons, mandrills, and new-world monkeys, including capuchins, tamarins, marmosets, and titties. Uh, so many great memories are flooding back as I read out all those names. Have Here we you, go. This is a Geenon. Geenon. Oh, wow. What a magnificent creature. That is a cute creature. Can you tell us anything about it for the listeners as they can't see the picture? Or describe the picture first. Um, so they look... Uh, <coughs> they've got a pretty standard face, I'd say. Standard face. <laughs> so if listeners picture a face. <laughs> <laughs> From a primate perspective, they, they their face looks pretty, pretty standard monkey face. Macaque, m- monkey. Yeah. So it's, a, it's an old world monkey. Old world. But they've got like a big um, fur white kind of chest. Uh, but the rest of them sort of black. And then on on the very back, it's got like this mahogany kind of Oh, a rich mahogany. It is a rich it's mahogany. It's a beautiful color. And they're sort of long-bodied uh, long and um, and quite uh, limmy. Yeah? How many, are, how many are we talking? Uh, eight. Eight limbs? No. <laughs> I think you're looking at a spider. It is. It's a bit obscure from that photo, I think. Some of those were branches. Well, but they're, they're, here's their page on... Uh, just, just Googled and found a website called wikipedia.org. Uh, which looks like it's some sort of... That's the same website I'm on. Oh, right. That's sort of a monkey compendium of information. Um, What does it say? Uh, Oh, it says here that not all members of this genus have the word genon in their common names. Oh, there you go. Uh, So, yeah, like Prusa's monkey, um, Suntar monkey. Oh, there's a few. So, some of them... That's why I probably haven't come across it so much. Like Diana monkey. Diana monkey. They're very... Um, blue monkey. We've talked about blue monkey before. Golden monkey. I feel like monkey. they're more angular and sort of doggish. They actually... This this particular um, Guinon that... Oh, yeah. It looks like it was painted in, you know, the... Maybe in like the Art Deco era or something. Yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and they're, so they're endemic to sub-Saharan Africa. 
So I think, and have we, I don't know if we've talked about it before. I'm sure I've talked about it on the show before. But the difference between old world monkeys and new world monkeys is where they're from. But I think the new world monkeys are from like the Americas and they have prehensile tails. Whereas the old world monkeys uh, don't have usable tails. I think that's how, I think that's the general rule. Okay. And they're from, you know, Africa and. So this is an old world and he's, they're not making much use of the tail. Yeah. So that uh, the checks sorry checks out then. Uh, shall I go on, or you got any more no, gain on info there? Please do. Uh, while this evolutionary simplification of the larynx was pivotal, it did not give us speech by itself. Fitch noted, pointing out that other anatomical traits mattered for speech over time, including a change in the position of the larynx. Sound production mechanisms in people and non-human primates are similar with air from the lungs driving oscillations of the vocal cords. Acoustal energy generated this way then passes through the pharyngeal, oral, and nasal cavities and emerges in a form governed by the filtering of specific frequencies dictated by the vocal tract. It is quite funny that they... How detailed the technical uh, explanations are throughout this article, but they also felt the need... They were like, someone reading this... We'll get all of this, but they might not know that primates are monkeys and apes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. It was also tripping me out that as I was saying that, I was doing that. <laughs> you know, my body was doing all those things yep. to communicate the thing that I was saying. That's yeah. Make, that makes you think, doesn't it? Yeah, it really makes you think. <laughs> we're, we're so close to the end now. Speech and language are critically related, but not synonymous, said primatologist and psychologist Harold Guzul's from Emory University in Atlanta, uh, who wrote a commentary in science accompanying the study. Speech is the audible sound-based matter of language expression, and humans alone among the primates can produce it. Paradoxically, the increased complexity of human spoken language followed an evolutionary simplification. I think it's pretty interesting that sometimes in evolution, less is more. That by losing a trait, you might open the door to some new Adaptations, Fitch said. What a beautiful way to finish. Yeah. By Fitchy. To finish an article that was pure technical jargon. Yes. And very factual. Yeah. With just a little, just an opinion. Yeah. At the end. And I also liked it how it's quite an ironic finish to that article with a with the phrase less is more less, yeah. <laughs> i think maybe they got that's what was in the last and they were going to go on yeah. <laughs> they were going to keep right they're like no you want to reckon fitchy's right <laughs> less is more can't be bothered cutting out any of the things that we repeated in slightly different ways a lot but <laughs> but i will um end it there you know uh, what halfway through this podcast i feel i didn't Expect to say this, but I think the accounting chat probably <laughs> the peak so far. <laughs> I'm really going to have to make an effort to make next week's episode <laughs> exciting. <laughs> We're going to have to maybe next week's episode will be about that the new horror movie Nope. Oh, great! Which a lot of people have been requesting. Yep. Okay. Uh, I'd love an excuse to go see it. So, um, and I, am I saying Reuters right? I think I always say I it wrong. Reuters. It is Reuters. Yeah. I cannot. I don't know why, but I cannot get it in my head that it's not Reuters. <laughs> yeah. Reuters. But I think there are a lot of things that were probably not pronounced. That's correct. true. Guinon. Um, yeah. That's a beautiful... It sounds very French. A guinon. There's a plane passing over. Do you edit those out? Or no. no we should, okay, we'll, there you go. I wonder if the mics pick it up. 
Uh, if they did, that is... Uh, what What would that flight be? Uh, QIF-732. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so you can set your clock to them. You can. It's the beauty of living here. <laughs> yeah. You know exactly the time of day based on the hum that's going past. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, obviously that was a pretty exciting story. Yeah, Serene, thanks, Matt. Any I've, chance you can top that? It, I feel very, um, I, I feel like I've learnt. I don't even know if I can call this episode weird monkey stories based on that. Was that weird? Dull monkey, I could call it dull monkey stories. Oh. Part one. <laughs> I think it was weird that someone, um, wrote that article. I really hope some. There's people out there who really found that fascinating. Yeah, sorry, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be yucking other people's, you know. No. Uh, I agree. I also agree it's fascinating. I'm just trying to be cool in front of Seren. <laughs> and apparently to Seren, being cool is being rude. It's like, it's like I'm sitting opposite Raphael the Ninja Turtle. Please don't hold me responsible for the, <laughs> this episode. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, so my story was in the New York Times. Oh, that's a fa- that's another fancy paper. They know how to write a dull article yes, as well. They do. Um, and I, I'll admit that I did sort of find this story elsewhere, and then I was a bit worried that the source wouldn't be like wouldn't hold up. Yeah, wouldn't hold up. So I first found this at the Sports Yahoo. Oh yeah. Is that reputable? I think Yahoo's relatively reputable. Okay. Yahoo Sirius's media empire, right? Yeah. It was quite a pivot after Young Einstein and Reckless Kelly that he (laughs) went into the news game. (laughs) We started with his own search browser. Oh, right. Oh, well, that's the gateway. That is the gateway. It's the gateway to the internet in a lot of ways, isn't it? (laughs) If you want to surf the World Wide Web, anyone out there who hasn't yet uh, had a surf and you don't know how to, use a a gateway search engine like yahoo.com or or Google, Google? Google. Google. Um, You can can ask Jeeves. You can Alta Vista. Yeah, you can Alta Vista. Um, There's lots of, yeah, lots of options out there. Those are the main... Yeah. Once. Can you nine MSN still that sort of thing? <laughs> this is like naming accounting software. <laughs> We've come full circle. Um so this article is in the uh the New York Times. Um as opposed to the New York Times. But uh <laughs> no, so I, I assume it's being written out of America. Yes. Um, I feel that's a fair assumption. <laughs> And it's uh, it's a fascinating story, Matt. It's um, fantastic. It's filed under trilobites. Trilobites. Yeah, which are a, a, a marine extinct marine arthropods. I don't know why that it's, is the there's case, a, but it's filed under that. This story is. Yeah, you know so how sometimes got a section that, on New York Times there'll be the heading, and then above the heading there's a little word. Oh yeah. So there's a is there a see- drop down menu for trilobite stories? I don't. No, it's just 
If you're into trilobites, this is probably I'm, up I'm your alley. I'm a little worried that you're you don't have a, a monkey story at all. Here. <laughs> well, let's let's find out what happened. So, uh, as the story goes, many monkeys are skilled. okay. That's a good start. But this might be sea monkeys, based on the trilobite thing. It could be, could be trilobites, could be monkeys, could be sea monkeys. So many monkeys are skilled stone handlers, using rocks to dig up roots cut plants, and crack open an array of delicacies, including fruits and nuts. Should we explain to American listeners that roots, in this case, just means the bit underneath like a tree? Yeah. A lot of plants in general tend to have a root system. I imagine that's actually where rooting as a euphemism for sex came from. In what way? That's a good question. Okay. I don't think I want to answer it. <laughs> Should we move on? Um, and, as, and fruits, uh, for the American listeners. Roots and fruits. Uh, fruits are sort of, they're like a vegetable. Yeah. Often sort of like a, sweeter. It's like a dessert vegetable. It is a vegetable that you'd have usually breakfast or dessert. Saran, I'll, I'll stop you there. This isn't an episode of Getting Fruity with Matt and the Boys, okay? okay. So... Enough of that. We'll save that for next time we reconvene with the boys. Okay, so I'm not allowed to explain to Americans who may not know. If they don't know roots, they probably don't know fruits. They don't know fruits. But uh, some monkeys also appear to be using stone tools for erm something else. Erm? This is a casually written article. A thousand times more interesting. (laughs) Just because of the erm. Yeah. A bit of personality. ERM. Yes, ERM. Correct. So you found that this is like more of a blog than a. a, What I was reading (laughs) was a scientific article. This is in the New York Times. Okay. I don't know why I keep saying it like that. In. A paper published this month in the journal Ethology, uh, researchers report that some macaques frequently rub or tap stones around their genitals and that these behaviours are associated with signs of physiological arousal that other stone handling actions do not prompt. Okay. So, for our American listeners, sometimes they're using it to dig up roots. Yeah. And something, sometimes, sometimes they're, they're using, using it, it to root themselves. Yeah. Well, they, don't, they can't find a root. And so, <laughs> go find a route so they have to, have to uh, sort themselves out to their own. Yeah. Uh, so, in other words, the monkeys appear to engage in a quote form of self-directed tool-assisted masturbation. They um, can't. They can't find someone a bone, so they find someone a stone themselves. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, and this is Camelia Cheney, a doctoral uh, student at the University of Lethbridge in Canada, and she's conducted this research as part of her dissertation. Some of the best-known examples of tool use by wild animals revolve around the never-ending life-or-death quest to find enough to eat. So, chimpanzees use sticks to collect termites, crows use twigs to extract larvae from logs, and sea otters use rocks to smash snails. The macaque study is not the first report of object-assisted masturbation in wild animals, but it provides new evidence that, in some cases at least, animals appear to use tools simply to give themselves pleasure. It's arguably not really adaptive or useful, Ms. Cheney said. Yeah, it feels like like a... So I'm guessing I'm picturing like a stone flashlight. That doesn't sound comfortable, but I mean, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I mean, I've certainly never used any stone stones in this way. 
Sure, but you've used that regular flashlights. Yeah, yeah, yeah flashlights yeah. just to see your way around in the dark. <laughs> yeah, great. If that's what you mean. No, that's what I mean. Sometimes routes can be hard to find. <laughs> um, the study is based on observations of popular, oh, sorry, of a population of free-ranging, long-tailed macaques that live uh, in or near the sacred monkey forest sanctuary in Ubud, a Balinese town in Indonesia, where the animals regularly receive food for humans. So, they don't need to use the stones for food because someone else is feeding them. So, they've just got the stones lying around. I think it's, it is quite resourceful. Yeah. Well, yeah, what, what's that hierarchy of needs? Maslow. Maslow. Yeah. Where does masturbation land on that? It's probably it's below food, but if there's no stones aren't needed for the food, I guess the next one down's masturbation. Yeah, probably. It's pretty small, small pyramid Maslow's. Yeah, it's food, uh, masturbation, and then um, repeat. I think yeah, it's yeah. weird. The bottom one is repeat. <laughs> it he I think Maslow's mistake was designing it as a pyramid. Yeah, yeah. he obviously he pre the wheel. That's true. Maslow. Yeah. Because with a repeat, you don't- you, you want a wheel. Yeah. Pyramid's not a great repeating shape. No. You, the whole, it's not cyclical. Yeah. Unless you turn it upside down and use it like a top, a spinning top. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then it Maybe could just go on forever. It. Yeah. If you've seen the movie Inception. Uh, I, 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 now I've lost faith. <laughs> Maybe the Guardian article was more interesting. <laughs> so, scientists had previously observed that these macaques frequently handled stones uh, with what appears to be no obvious purpose. And the monkeys might clack the stones together in their hands, for instance, or picking them up and dropping them over and over again. It's some sort of playful manipulation, which there doesn't seem to be an apparent function, said Ms. Cheney. Um <clears throat> the monkeys also sometimes use the stones to rub or tap around their genitals and groin, prompting what the researchers called the sex toy hypothesis. Ah. So they're more of a, less a fleshlight and more of sort of a vibrator. Yeah, right. It's more uh, an inverted fleshlight, if you will. I wonder <laughs> if they'll ever invent one of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, well... <laughs> Yeah, I think they will. <laughs> yeah, one I actually day. think they will. Yeah. Technology will catch up. Yeah. Um, with the lights. I mean, or- they could just use the flashlights as a mold. <laughs> you know, done. Would they ever invent an inverted flashlight? Oh, I think that's what a flashlight is. Okay. <laughs> one gives gives light. One takes it away. <laughs> Um, to systematically investigate the hypothesis, Ms. Cheney and her colleagues analyzed the stone handling actions of 173 monkeys. One gives light, one takes jizz. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe I will edit this episode. <laughs> um, if it was one gives life and one takes jizz, I think that would make more. Okay. Uh, 173 monkeys in this study. Hmm. I Seems heard, like there was a lot of takers. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how they put it out to the monkey, to the macaque community. That was the whole community. Yeah. Everyone said yes. <laughs> hey, guys, we're just uh, trying to do this experiment to see if, you know, these stones, <laughs> if, you know, we want to know whether you feel nice. Yeah. With these stones. 
We, if we we'll provide the stones. Yeah. In as we have in the past provided the food. With these stones, will you get your rocks off? There we go. They found <laughs> <laughs> they found that young males engaged in the genital tapping and rubbing more than the adult males did, and were especially likely to engage in it during sexually charged situations, such as when they or another macaque nearby was soliciting a mate or showing signs of sexual arousal. So you can find a route, and they're only using it when they can find a route, but they're choosing not to. Right. Oh, interesting. I I read that, or that sounded like they missed out on the route. Oh, so it's happening. Yeah. Nearby. Yeah, yeah. And they get frustrated. Yeah. Yeah, we've that's we've all done that. Um, um have we? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you know what you're admitting to there. Uh, moreover, the behaviour tended to precede physical signs of male sexual arousal, and it lasted longer when arousal occurred. Patterns that did not hold true for the other kinds of stone handling. So, when you're using stones to to break open a nut. <laughs> So to speak, <laughs> busting up, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> if you've busted the nut, you wouldn't keep going when it's the food nut. No. no. Or the other nut, I'd say. Apparently, they keep going. They keep going post-nut yeah. bust. Well, it doesn't get that specific. But, no. But I the arousal, they stay aroused even um, after they've... Scientists found that <laughs> they had, as soon as they're... Nuts were busted. The monkeys had a new level of clarity. <laughs> Some of them even went on to uh, obtain uh, bachelor degrees. <laughs> okay, the data are very convincing, says the Elizabeth. The data are very convincing. Elizabeth, Elizabeth uh, Visalabegi. Uh, the, the data are, are very convincing. That's the okay. quote. And this is in the Let's new go back to the Guardian, New York please. Times. She's an expert on primate cognition at the Institute of Cognitive Sciences and Technologies at Italy's National Research Council. A rival for the whatever. The Coyote <laughs> one. Yeah. 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 Uh, and she wasn't involved in the research though. So, okay. That's great. She's She thinks the data is convincing and she doesn't have a horse in the race. Yeah. And sorry. And she, I mean, she, it sounds like she's Italian probably. So maybe that maybe that's why she's speaking in broken English. Yeah, maybe. I know plenty of Italians who are fluent. I know that too, but I'm just saying I don't I don't speak fluent Italian. So why am I finding it odd that someone said okay. one word slightly wrong? Because aren't like a lot of our little English things like that are hard to learn. Yeah, the grammar stuff. Yeah, they're always the hardest rules. Um, so what they found is that indeed there are there was something sexual going on, um, but it was the scientists. Right. No, no. Oh God! Imagine <laughs> uh, like, that. Like any good scientist, though, she made sure to add a proper caveats. Um, the pleasure of masturbation is very hard to assess. She noted. Um, yeah. Although one out of one, two, three, four, five out of ten, it's hard. Sometimes to get it exactly on the right number, especially when you're dealing with macaques. Yes. 173 of them. Yeah. They're, they're all talking in fractions. Oh, yeah. That one was probably about a six and a half out well, of ten. Because the, you need to ask them just before the moment of busting a nut. Yeah. Because after it, they're very, they have the clarity to speak in fractions. Yeah. And they're also like, Ugh. <laughs> I can't believe I just fucked that rock. There is a bit of regret there, yeah. 
And bleeding, I would assume. Anyway, although using a rock as a sex toy might sound unpleasant. Here we go. Miss Chenny said that she had never witnessed the monkeys making any sounds to suggest that they were in pain, as they sometimes do when they're in a fight, for example. Right. It's a fine line between pleasure and pain. So it is hard to assess the pleasure, Mm. but it's not hard to assess the pain. And it sounds like there wasn't any. Exactly. That's, yeah. Still, she noted the idea that this particular pursuit might cause pain as well as pleasure, and uh, they'll have to conduct some further testing. The researchers theorized that the monkeys might have stumbled upon the genital tapping and rubbing while engaging uh, in other seemingly purposeless stone handling actions. If true, that would fit with a scientific theory that tools use may evolve from the playful manipulation of objects. So they've sort of accidentally started masturbating. Right. And then word is Officer, spread. I swear, it was an accident. <laughs> um, there, there might be a transformational effect from play to, to tool use. Uh, it's unclear how much can be generalized from a single macaque population, one that is regularly fed by humans and therefore needs right. to spend less time foraging than other monkey populations. Maybe it's a perk of leisure. Dr. Visselberg, he said, when you have free time and you find a way of using the stones for a given purpose, why not? So what, So there you go. The New York Times and The Guardian both finishing with a quote. and uh, Yeah, softening that sort of... A little bit of a rhetorical. Because there were times in both articles, including the one I was reading, where I zoned out a bit. Yes. And if I was doing that, I imagine listeners were too. <laughs> I know. I Yeah. It, want, it it offers a lot this story mm. in, of promise. I think well, yeah. I thought it, it did sound promising right up the top, but um, I still yeah, it's still fascinating stuff. I think I mean both it cases. Is, I think it's fascinating. Yeah, both cases. It definitely is interesting to think about this as the effect of the human feeding them, and then yes, you know, because maybe maybe what the human should do, sure. Teach them. It's, it's great that they've learned how to use rocks as tools yeah. at, for their own pleasure. Maybe what the humans could do, though, because I think what would really push a species population forward, as Maslow points out, at the top of the pyramid is food. Yes. So we've, we're giving them the food and they're learning how to pleasure themselves. How about, you know, maybe they'll be, make more advancements if they learn how to cook and stuff. Oh, yeah. So, we stop giving them the food. But we just give them We wank them off. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> we wank them off. We wank them off. Yeah. And then they don't Did need not to- Did not see it going there. Then they're not thinking- that's, I deliberately tried to labor it so that it would seem like- But, <laughs> you know, we go in there, we wank them off. Yes. And then they're not- when you say we, sex. you mean the scientists. Me and you. Okay. And then they're not thinking about sex, these no, macaques. I won't be either. And so they're like, I've got to get the food. And now they're thinking about, now they're getting creative with their food. Right. Yeah. You think maybe, yeah, that's how macaque cuisine will yeah. go to the next level. Because I feel like it, on human cuisine, we've kind of fused every. That's. Fusion everything now. Right. We're running out of things. So, you you need macaques to come up with their own cuisine so we can fuse yeah, with so them. Yeah, so no, we can go like next year, what's the new culinary trend? 
We go to the macaques. We're eating a macanese um, rock nut. Okay. I don't think I want to eat what they're cooking up. Based on I don't your think story. you want to wank them off either. But no, I certainly don't. <laughs> and I, I'm glad you could tell that. No, I think it's a. I think this is an opportunity. We go in there, we we wank them off, and then they get creative with their food. Look, I don't want to get it become. I don't want this to become one of those uh, dos protest too much scenarios. But I'd really prefer not to wank, <laughs> wank off those monkeys. Okay. <laughs> Just I'm a, yeah. I think the data are going to be incredibly... The data are going to be incredibly... Incredibly illuminating. Illuminating for sure. Now, what? What do you want to give my story a quick banana score? Okay. How big's the bunch? How many bananas? You really bananas? did fade, Adam. <laughs> um, I'm... The Guardian story... Yeah. I would like to give it a, a three bananas mm-hmm. from a bunch of ten. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm going to give your story three as well. Okay. Uh, and they are ripe... Yet firm. Beautiful. Bananas. There were no, no mention of trilobites. That's why I'm giving it. Yeah, a- what a strangely <laughs> strangely allocated subtitle or whatever that I is. I think they fi- they filed that article and they're like, uh, no one's going to want to read this. <laughs> uh, well, I think that means it's time to check in with some of our listeners. Um, there's a, a link in the show notes if you have a question or about the show or a question for the guests or me uh, or any sort of suggestions or, or facts or anything you like. Let me read a few out. This one comes from Gregory Gritman from New York. And Gregory writes, Of all the orders of mammals on Earth, you'd think that primates would be the best accounted for. After all, they're far from microscopic in size and most human natural Naturalists have a special interest in tracking the comings and goings of our closest relatives. But given the predilection of smaller primates for dense, remote rain jungles, we're only fooling ourselves if we think we've collected them all. As recently as 2001, for example, there were 350 identified primate species. Today, there are about 450, meaning that about half a dozen new species are discovered every year on average. That's wild. A hundred out of 450 primate species have been discovered in the last 21 years. Mate, that's freaking hectic. Yeah, they're on... Yeah. Have we got a crack squad team of primate discoverers out there? Maybe. We're getting better at it. Or are they um, evolving? Is that what it is? Is it that they've been around and we just weren't aware or they... Oh, yeah. Good point. Very good point. Well, maybe... um, Maybe we can find out some more from the, the lovely listener whose name I've just... Gregory Gritman. How do Gregory you figure out a name like that? It's one of the great names, I reckon. It is one. Of, I love alliteration I'll, in names. I love G Jeez. names yeah. as well. Gregory and Gritman. Gritman. Gregory Gritman. Yeah, that's a strong name. Yeah. Feels like it would be a euphemism for something. Gregory Gritman. Uh, he's a bit of a Gregory Gritman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess that'd be like a, a, a stiff upper lip sort of guy. Yeah. Nothing phases him. He's a oh, he's a real Gregory Greg, Gritman. Yeah, this yeah. guy, but I guess I guess really in th- in this case, oh, he's a real Gregory Gritman. He's got facts about primates. Yes, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> this guy's your uh, regular Gregory Gritman. Uh, this one, this message comes from listener James from Auckland, and James writes. Uh, I saw you go. Oh, I'm glad I'm reading this out while you're here, sir. And I saw you guys at the factory theatre on Thursday, and it was a really fun night. 
Uh, we'll have to wait for the monkey bit. Oh, that would have been opening night. Yes. I didn't get to my you monkey ran bit. Out of time. Ran out of time. <laughs> well, James, uh, I did get to it. I, I shuffled it around for the next two shows and it didn't go that great. So, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it was better as an idea that we never got to. Um, but thanks so much for coming. That was... I had fun that night as well. That's cool. I love that James was in the audience be- and that you sort of uh, like built a bit of hype around a monkey bit. As a Primates fan, he yeah. would have been so excited. And now you're just building even more suspense. <laughs> well, 2023 Comedy Festival, the monkey bit will definitely be there for better or worse. Um, James. Do you reckon? I, this is a promise from me to you. I, I was, it was in a, a version of it was in the... Um, early uh, attempt at putting together Nostalgia Was Better Than I Was A Boy, my last show, and uh, it got cut. <laughs> so I brought it back. I think it's going to get cut again. That's interesting. That makes sense to me because it was very high production values, which I thought I was surprised for this fringe run that you decided to do that. But yeah, no, it was a... Yeah. Uh, I, I had high hopes for it a while ago, but I think it... It's a work in progress. Yeah. I and like I think, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable to say that by 2023 <laughs> Melbourne Comedy Festival, it is going to be in the show, locked in. That's interesting. James is from Auckland, but he was here at the Sydney show last week. Welcome, James. Welcome. Uh, flew over especially for it, I'm sure. For the monkey bit. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you'd be Imagine furious. Imagine his disappointment. Uh, do you reckon we've got time for a few more of these? Yeah. Uh, I'm We're at 55 at, minutes. It looks like... Um, I reckon uh, this one comes from Kerry from Swansea, uh, which I believe is in Wales. Uh, And Kerry writes, I think this one is, I guess I never specify that it has to be primates facts. Uh, Kerry writes, English call the Welsh sheep shaggers, despite there being more court cases of people fucking sheep in England. Who's the real sheep shaggers? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that is compelling <laughs> argument. That's such a funny thing to write into a private <laughs> show. I love it. I, I guess I just I have said just send us in facts. I, maybe I even said facts on whatever. I love that. Um, because this next one also looks like it's maybe slightly off topic. This comes from Lem Montero from Kalamazoo in Michigan in the United States. Writing, the hole on the side of a barrel is called a bunghole. And a buttload is the amount of liquid in a barrel or cask large enough to hold 1,008 pints or 126 gallons. Um, And then he's finished with a quote here. I lost a buttload of beer after the cork popped out of my bunghole. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this show, maybe we've done a lot of weird episodes, but I feel like this is the oddest one. This could be the oddest one yet. All right. This is what looks... I've just... I don't read them until I read them, but just doing a quick uh, look at the first few words, I was pretty sure that those last two weren't monkey-related, and it looks like this one might be. This one's from Ted Wilkinson in High Point, uh, North Carolina, which is where Michael Jordan played basketball. Yes. In North Carolina, born and raised on the playground. No, you're thinking of Will Smith. Oh, so, sorry. And... Uh, West Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> Not a single... I don't even think a single letter was correct. There. Yeah, I got the, the, I got the compass point wrong. I mean, wrong, the, the country's man. correct. <laughs> uh, 
Ted writes, when Ben and Jerry's ice cream began selling in Japan, apparently they accidentally translated Chunky Monkey into Chunks of Monkey, <laughs> which, <laughs> which led to very poor sales. <laughs> I wouldn't have believed this had I not heard it from our tour guide while touring the Ben and Jerry's factory in Vermont. Love the pod. Oh, thanks, Ted. Vermont, of course, being the home of uh, Creamies, I think. Which is like a an ice cream specialty up there in Vermont. Dave Warnicky, past guest, is a big fan of Vermont and their creamies. Oh, great! <laughs> Even though I don't think he's ever been there, it's just a bucket list. Oh, thing eaten or two. creamy. Yeah, I don't think he has. So, really, <laughs> a bit disingenuous. That was my favorite one so far. Yeah, That's that was fantastic. Fact. You, it brought in monkeys and sort of the looseness of fucking sheep and bungholes, but also tied it in a little bit with monkeys as well. And I thought it was lovely. I mean, I've loved them all. I've loved them all too. James but Gregory you can love Carey, them all and still have a favorite. Exactly. Exactly right. Um, so thank you to all those. Maybe that, that'll be enough for today. But if you do have any, I mean, as you can see, anything goes. I mean, in the in an, ide- in an ideal world, the fact or the question or whatever will be tied back to primates in some way. Maybe you want to ask about future episodes or or uh, have a question for whoever the guest of the day is. Uh, but yeah, these facts are also fantastic. I loved each and every one of those. So um, me too. Yeah, maybe if any English people want to have <laughs> a right of reply to that sheep shagging um, <laughs> allegation. Feel free. This is apparently this is the show to do it on. <laughs> um, so yes, um, I guess I, I, was, I should say uh, please give us a review. If you give us a five star review, I will read it out on the show. Just having a quick look here. No one has given us a five star review this week, Sharon. Sharon. Oh. Sharon. <laughs> and here you were worried about my surname. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's uh, means I don't have to read out any. So you know, there's a silver lining there. <laughs> Um, but please do review us. If you give us a five-star review, I'll read it out on the show, whatever you write, uh, within some reason there, of course. Maybe next time you should bank up some of the five-star reviews so it seems like they're trickling in with regularity. No, I think this is this is fine. I'm, I just want to get them hot, hot off the presses. Fair. It, Fair enough. Because there's no well, guarantee I'll remember this every week. Write in your five-star reviews and Matt will definitely read them out. Definitely. You can write whatever you want. I'm giving Yeah, within some reason. It's a bit like the facts. Yeah. I've <laughs> like shown that I'll pretty much read out whatever you write. So. <laughs> Seren, thanks so much for joining us again. Hey, where, thanks for having me. Where can people find you if they want to? Um, Obviously, I don't know, that's sort of implied, right? They won't <laughs> find you if they don't want to find you. Yeah, but if they do want to find me, it makes me a bit reluctant to share <laughs> yeah. my street address. Well, you're under a flight path. I yeah. Know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you if, track the QF732 <laughs> and when it's the sort of like an hour into its journey, mm. if you pinpoint directly down, that's where I usually be at midday on a Tuesday. Um, I'm also on Instagram. An hour? How slow does... <laughs> like how far out of Sydney do you live? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it must be like a three-hour drive or something. No, this plane's coming from Brisbane. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, Thank it's you. about to land. Apologies. Very close to landing. Um, I am at, on Instagram at Seren Comedy uh, and I also have a website, Seren jayamana.com I'll put the links to both of those in the show notes last week you plugged your um, your comedy hour saying it was on ABC yeah and then you tell me that it's it gone it looks like they've they've deleted the first eight 
episodes of it. That's very sad. But very strangely, it looks like it's an error. Oh. Because it still it labels the first one as episode nine. Look, I, I wouldn't put anything past the ABC. <laughs> there have I been don't... a lot of budget cuts over recent yeah. years, so. They were paying too much for that data space. Right. I think. Yeah, yeah. So, Maybe it's a cost. They used to do that. They used to tape over classic TV shows <laughs> to save. That's the, wild. But can't we all chip in and get them a, a bit like yeah. a bigger Google Drive folder or, or whatever? Or just pick up, yeah, a few more VHS tapes. Um, um, all right. So, that's great. They can find you there. They can find us at Primates Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find me at mattstuartcomedy.com or mattstuartcomedy on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and also uh, Matt Stewart underscore art on Twitter. I think Matt Stewart comedy as well on TikTok. TikTok. You're on TikTok as well. Aren't I, you I, it's true. I am. Um, Seren comedy, I believe, on TikTok. Nearly no one follows me on TikTok, and I I post things occasionally, and I always think, why do I, why don't I know what the point of that is? But anyway, <laughs> I'm going to stick at it. <laughs> For a little while. Um, yeah, so thanks everyone for joining us on Promise. Saran, you know, last week at the end of the episodes, I say we're going to um, sign off uh, with a, a our classic sign off. It's a primate related thing that I make the guest riff in the moment. And you yes. said something. I laughed because I didn't know what you were talking about. And then I Googled it later and it doesn't seem to be a reference to anything. You no. said like <laughs> something about the Tuesday sun or something. I think I said snap back to the Tuesday sun. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? No, because I thought you said just uh, come up. It, you said our guests like to make up a phrase. <laughs> right. So you just fully made. Yeah, you fully ripped I felt that phrase on the spot, and it, it sounded like it meant something. It's, yeah, I reckon it's like uh, something to do with. Um, <laughs> it's pretty hard to interpret. Okay, I think well, it's something you need to. Yeah, it's, it takes a lifetime to understand. Well, I'm so glad that you're here again uh, to riff another classic outro. As we say here, every week, I should say first, thanks so much for joining us. No, thanks I'll, for having me. Thanks for joining us, Saran. I've been Matt Stewart. And Saran, as we always say here at Primates Podcast. The data are fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, that would, that's more like what people would normally do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On a Tuesday sun. <laughs> up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com